Hi there, Monica White, Licensed Mental Health Counselor here. In this training, I'm going to share with you five steps to emotional intelligence so that you can feel confident boosting your emotional IQ with realistic, concrete skills. Let's get started. So have you ever met someone who has high EQ, high emotional intelligence? Um, I'm sure you have, and just like me, when I come across someone like that, it's so refreshing. So high EQ means that that person has a level of awareness and, you know, mood control and impulse control and social skills. Um, so I'm going to break down all the different qualities. But the result of having high EQ or experiencing someone that has high EQ is that you will know yourself and how others experience you, or also that person knows themselves and how others experience them. So if you get two people that have, you know, a pretty good level of EQ, emotional intelligence, then both of you know yourselves and how the other person experiences you. And why is this so important? Um, emotional intelligence is really important because it improves feelings of understanding and connection. And we have healthy relationships and feelings of being known and understood. Just, you know, be able, being able to have somebody really see you and relate to you. And this builds safety and trust. Um, and so it just really strengthens your relationships. And if you're able to boost your EQ, you're able to find other people who have a certain level of EQ. And then therefore you have these feelings of understanding and connection. And that is just a wonderful situation when you have two people that can be themselves and really know themselves. And that way you can have great communication and a great relationship. Some of the qualities that make up emotional intelligence are uh, skills that you can learn. And so today I'm going to talk about five qualities that make up emotional intelligence. And it can get pretty um, in-depth, so if you need to, just jot down these five qualities first on a piece of paper. Um, that way you can follow along. So self-awareness, mood management, self-motivation, impulse control, and social skills. So let's break down the first quality that makes up emotional intelligence. Number one, self-awareness. Self-awareness is the ability to ask yourself, what am I doing and why? It's the ability to recognize a feeling as it happens. Um, you know, and it's increased awareness and an understanding of your gut feelings. So that's sort of your intuition going along with your ability to be in the moment. Um, so being able to answer the two questions objectively, not emotionally, just, you know, being able to ask yourself, what am I doing and why am I doing it? Um, these two questions are great. So they address taking responsibility for your own choices and they provide an understanding of the motivation behind the choice for your response. So for example, I always use tennis as a simple way to understand therapy and psychology. In order to increase my self-awareness when I'm playing tennis, I can ask myself, what am I doing and why am I doing it? By asking myself, what am I doing? So I'm playing tennis, but not just playing tennis. I am, you know, 
being a good sport, I'm hitting the ball respectfully to the other person, I'm playing by the rules, you know, so what am I doing? I'm playing a sport. Basically, that means that I need to have some level of sportsmanship. And then the big question is, why am I doing it? And if I know why I'm doing it, um, I'm increasing my self-awareness. So why am I playing tennis? Well, I'm playing tennis because I believe that it's just a really great way to socialize in a healthy way with people. I love being outside. It brings me joy. It's a, you know, a great way to relieve stress. And I also meditate while I do tennis. So I just, the whole combination leads me to my why. So in that way, I can increase my self-awareness. So number two, the second quality that makes up emotional intelligence is mood management. Um, write this one down or put file it away um, in your you know, mental notes. But mood management is paying attention to your emotions and finding resources to help you express your moods, your feelings, your emotions in constructive ways. So you know, a lot of people have issues with mood, you know, if you have anxiety and depression and, you know, stress and conflict and just about anything. I mean, most of us have some issues with mood management. Um, and generally, we have little control over experiences that provoke or result in, you know, negative emotional experiences. So it's hard to control other people. It's hard to control, you know, dangerous situations or, just, you know, it's hard to control the world around us. Um, and so as a result, we will have negative emotional experiences like anger, frustration, and hurt feelings. However, we do have the choice and we can increase our ability to have self-control over how we feel, how long, and how we demonstrate the feelings that we have. So for example, um, you know, if someone says something that is not true or makes me feel upset, I can have some sort of choice over how I feel. I can say, hey, you know what, maybe that's constructive feedback or maybe that person, you know, has a point. Um, I can also ask myself, how long do I want to think about this? You know, maybe if it's an actual problem and it keeps recurring, I might want to actually take some time to think about it. It can be, you know, five minutes, it can be five years. Um, and then also I want to have some ability to demonstrate the feeling that I have. Um, and so that I have choice over that, you know, if I feel hurt, I have the ability to, you know, express how I feel and hopefully with the right avenues, you know, maybe I'll go to therapy. Maybe I'll tell somebody that I really trust or, you know, a best friend or a partner or just somebody that I believe can help me with this feeling. And so mood management also means that we can reframe the situation. So when we're, when it gets emotionally difficult, we can choose to interpret the situation in a realistic or a more positive way. So for example, if someone says something negative towards me, I can reframe it and say, hey, wow, maybe there's an element of feedback or some constructive criticism here that I might wanna pay attention to instead of feeling hurt or just frustrated you might want to look at it in a realistic or even a positive way. Another quality of mood management is that we take the time to calm ourselves down. Um, so that's relaxation, that's yoga, that's your self-care. And then we don't waste time on negative. So if I don't have control over something 
or if I have control over something, I deal with it in a productive manner. So let's say um, a boss is not totally happy with the work we've done. We can deal with it in a productive manner. We can make an appointment, schedule, go in and address the situation and then ask for help. You know, and so once we've done that, then we can solve the problem and move on. Now, if you don't have control over it, um, then you let the other person own it. So, for example, a coworker, if you if the coworker is constantly coming in and being angry and upset, you don't have control over that. So you just let them own it or, you know, if you even can or want to, you can provide a resource. Um, but most of the time it's better to just give up control, sort of accept that that's where that person needs to be. And then you can provide some sort of, you know, just sounding board and um, not really get um involved in it. So you don't want to waste the time on negatives. You want to try to solve the problem, provide the resource, and then move on to the next constructive um, project or just even relaxing or entertaining or just joyful thing in your life. So another part of mood management is um, engaging in self-care. And self-care is a whole topic in itself, but self-care is meditation, prayer, formal relaxation exercises such as guided imagery, uh, relaxation techniques, yoga, uh, regular exercise, walking, playing sports, uh, golfing, tennis, basketball, swimming, and of course yoga, Pilates, all those kinds of exercises. And then self-care is also adequate rest and good nutrition. And then a positive use of your resources. So if you have the resources, you want to use them. The third quality of emotional intelligence is self-motivation. So self-motivation is something you do by creating goals and having a can-do attitude. So self-motivation is an action plan. It is actively engaging and participating in having a goal and reaching it. So self-motivation is not something that you have. It's something that you do. And how do you get motivated to do something? Well, it requires clear goals with an optimistic you know, I can do this attitude. So let's, let's, for example, I always use tennis, but if I want to play tennis with people, it requires a clear goal. You know, maybe I need to learn how to play. Maybe I need to take an instruction lesson. Maybe I can join, you know, an, a group tennis program. Maybe I can start a group. Maybe I can ask a friend. So it requires clear goals. And then you have to have the attitude like I can do this. I will do this. I'm going to commit to this. And then also self-motivation catches your negative self-defeating thoughts as they occur. And so you're going to refrain them. So for example, when an optimistic person experiences failure, they don't blame themselves. They think in terms of what they've learned, what they can do, how to improve something, or how to break it down so that it is manageable. So this means that you have rational and realistic beliefs. And so you say, hey, you know what, I can do this. And if something comes up and I'm not able to do it, well, then I'm going to find a way to figure it out. You know, uh, if I can't play tennis, I'm going to get an instructor. If I can't play, you know, if I can't get someone to play with me, I'm going to join a group. If I can't find friends to play tennis with, well, I'm going to start a team, you know. So you have this sort of um, realistic belief in yourself that you can motivate and that it can get done. So the fourth quality associated with uh, improving and increasing your emotional IQ, your emotional intelligence, is impulse control. 
This is also called emotional self-regulation. And if you're a counselor or a therapist um, or a social worker, you know what emotional self-regulation means. It's the ability to delay a desired impulse in order to re reach a goal. This is a really important trait associated with success. Um, it's also associated with social competence, self-awareness, and the ability to cope with frustration. So the ability to resist impulses, it's a skill you can learn with increased awareness and practice. So delaying gratification, you know, controlling your impulses helps you regulate your mood so you don't allow yourself to get focused on the disappointment of not getting what you want. So instead you're looking at the big picture. So, you know, if I'm playing tennis and um, I have good impulse control, I'm going to say, hey, you know what, I didn't, I didn't hit this ball very well a thousand times, but, you know, I know it's going to feel great when I can hit the ball. So I'm going to keep my eye on the big picture. And eventually, you know, after two, three years, maybe a hundred, maybe a thousand times of hitting the ball, I'm going to achieve the goal. And so I'm going to do what it takes to get there, you know, and that means getting a trainer, getting a coach, getting practicing a thousand times, hitting against the backboard by myself, going to practice serves by myself, you know, even training at home, my core and lifting weights, that kind of thing. So this perspective, keeping an eye on the big picture helps you with positive problem solving and that's gonna motivate you to keep trying in the face of setbacks and finding better ways to perform effectively. Number five, the fifth trait that can help us improve our emotional quotient is social skills. Social skills include empathy, which is the capacity to understand accurately how another person feels. So you can ask yourself, do I generally leave people feeling dismissed and unimportant? Or do I generally leave people feeling appreciated and cared for? So the better we are at paying attention to signals, the better we are at improving our understanding of how others experience us. And so remember, you know, social skills, they're, it's skills. They're skills we can learn, and the more we practice, the better we become at relating well with others. So social skills, um, as a review, it's, the em it's empathy. It's the capacity to understand um, how another person feels. Um, it can be at work, it can be with friends, in your family, or, you know, with your partner. And this goes back to self-awareness. Um, so, you know, it's not about you. Social skills is about how other people feel around us. Do they feel dismissed, um, you know, unimportant? Do they feel ignored? Or do they feel like, hey, wow, we really understood them. We saw them. We're, we care. So that's why, you know, having skills is not all about us. Um, we are a part of it. Um, so the better we're at paying attention to signals that other people put off, like, for example, if someone um, ignores me, maybe it's just that I haven't provided enough of myself to them. Maybe they don't really know much about me, so I might have to introduce myself. Now, if I don't want to and I want to ignore people, well, that's totally fine also. However, um, you know, when we understand that we have a choice, that we can choose effective signals, we can send that to people because we have um, an approved understanding of how others experience us. So lastly, the big question is, how are you practicing emotional intelligence? How do we practice emotional intelligence? 
Um, and so all of these factors, these five qualities, these five traits that are associated with emotional intelligence, um, they're things that we can practice. So one way to start practicing these things is to write down each one of these qualities, each one of these traits, and to really journal about them, to think about them. So, you know, before I started studying emotional intelligence, I did not know about all these things. But now in doing this podcast and doing this episode, it helps me practice them and teaching other people and practicing with them. It's something that I do regularly. And I always say sometimes we have to repeat something, you know, a hundred and a thousand times before we get good at it. So be gentle on yourself, have some compassion with yourself. It's not something that's easy to learn, but it is something that's so worth it. And it definitely improves our relationships. It builds trust and safety and our ability to have self-confidence and relate to others in a way that feels, you know, quote unquote, organic and authentic and genuine. Increasing your emotional IQ, practicing the skills, uh, it definitely works, and it's something that's really worth your time and effort. So I appreciate you listening to this episode today, and I hope this was helpful. If you have any questions, feel free to message me on Instagram at wellbe2go. Have, have a great week, have a great day, and see you next time. Take care.